this episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by your wife's moisturizer. You're a man, so you don't care about soft skin. But you also want to do unspeakable things with those sandpaper-textured hands. Well, look no further than your wife's moisturizer. Two quick splurts is all that you need to send yourself to Pleasure Town, followed by a quick jaunt through Shame County, ending with your arrival at Disgusted Resolve City. Yes, your hands and unspeakable regions will never be softer or smell more like lavender than after you use your wife's moisturizer. And now, from the same people that brought you your wife's moisturizer, try your wife's nearest sock for when you gotta put something somewhere. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a Ph. Boo in spookology, Uh and adjunct professor David Day, the foremost expert on scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hathen! And I'm David Day. Man, I always need to put something somewhere, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Before we get started, I want to tell you about this great website called HorrorMovieTalk.com. Dude, tell me more. It features past episodes of your favorite podcast, Horror Movie Talk. As well as links to social media and blogs on horror movie topics. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Also, it has some links up at the top where you can help us out a whole bunch, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. We should, <laughs> we should do a whole, we should do this episode high energy like other podcasts. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we got everybody. If you're new to horror movie talk, we post every Wednesday. So subscribe and smash that, uh, rating button. Ring that bell. S- smash that, slap that five star rating. <laughs> also, if you love the podcast, check out Positivicast from Woo! David Day, another podcast about positivity. Today we got a great show. David, what do you think? We got a great show today. We got the best show. And today we'll be talking. Talking about Tusk. <laughs> the, the seemingly made-for-TV movie, Tusk. <laughs> we'll be giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a miserable dredge that makes you angry. 5 being average film that hits all the expected marks. And 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. Whoa, what are those? I don't know. Those are big words. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film film, (laughs) movie. My takeaway on this is that your impression of of professional radio hosts, are they, are they, they talk so quickly that they're nearly incomprehensible. (laughs) You're just like, oh my God, there's words coming at me so quickly. (laughs) Most most radio personalities probably enunciate. That's that's where they've got me. So um, take a deeper dive into what we like and hate about every film. <laughs> Later we'll be doing taglines. <laughs> Choked on my coffee. Uh, we'll be doing taglines and horror movie news. Oh God, how how did. Those other podcasts that like are super high energy and it's just one person talking after the other over. I just started listening to last podcast on the left because they have like this yeah. series on the Mormon religion. Mm-hmm. And it's just like back. I don't know if it's the editing or they're just like each 
just waiting to spring on each other after someone finishes a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a strange thing. It's like what you grew up listening to, right? Which is like, for me, it's Stern and Opie and Anthony and neither of those format and, and then Adam Carolla, you know, and none of those formats were ever like jump on you. Yeah. It, it, the, the, somehow, like, there was, there was like, there's like a couple different echelons of radio, you know, and the echelon right below the, the one that I like, uh-huh. which is, you know, a, a, just a talk variety hour kind of thing is, you know, a professional DJ. Right. Or just like a morning zoo. Yeah. Well, or morning zoo. Exactly. Where it's just like, <clears throat> good Lord, are you insane? And the answer is kind of, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll have to do. I I that's we'll have to build up endurance. I think that's as far as I can go today. I yeah. I mean, my sphincter's a little wobbly after it's it's alarming having you. <laughs> and have you a, haven't even talked. Having you? No, it's alarming because your energy is palpable, and it's not normal. Normally, <laughs> there's a little bit of a black hole on that side. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> and and so I'm so right now I'm I'm a little overwhelmed. Okay. Um. So let's let's get into the movie. Um. I just want to, yeah my levels are high. So after multiple patrons and listeners requested, we sat down and watched Tusk. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. It's available for free streaming on Netflix, and we regret our decision. <laughs> What the fuck is the matter with you people? Like, you think we aren't going to go hard in the paint on you? We will. (laughs) We'll wage war. All right, here's the trailer. Always do sober what you do drunk. That'll teach you to keep your mouth shut. Hemingway said that. Yes, he did. And he said it to me. I don't want you to go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. So look out, you crazy Canucks! Wandering Wallace <laughs> takes a raunchy road trip up to the Great White North. Hello. I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. And after eons of oceanic adventure, I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone when I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. Good evening. It's nice to meet you. Could I interest you in some tea? So what happened after the boat sank? I was alone. And then something very swift and frightening moved by me. A walrus saved your life? The walrus is far more evolved than any man I've ever known. Present company included. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you? Tough. He hasn't called me in three days. I'm worried. Boris! Why are you doing this? Are you really mourning your humanity? I don't understand. Who in the hell would want to be human? Oh! 
yeah, watching that trailer reminded me why I wanted to see the movie because the trailer is actually pretty great. It 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 looks like a very promising movie because it doesn't show you. Oh sorry. man! So this is this is a hit piece. Yeah. This podcast right now. If if you're a huge fan of Tusk, well, first of all, I don't know if we can be friends. Yeah. And second of all, we're going to tell you why you're wrong. Tusk is a horror movie brought to you by the same guy that brought you Yoga Hosers and Cop Out. <laughs> he now brings you a body horror movie based on a Joe Craigslist personal ad. Justin Long plays Walrus. I mean, Wallace Brighton, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who, who runs a podcast with friend Teddy Kraft, played by Haley Joel Osmond. You remember him, right? Their podcast is mostly based off of making fun of internet cringe videos, and as such, Wallace flies to Canada to interview this movie's this movie universe's equivalent of the Star Wars kid. Mm-hmm. When Wallace arrives, he finds out hilariously that his interviewee <laughs> has killed himself. Desperate to find material for their upcoming episode, Wallace discovers a bizarre personal ad in the bathroom stall of a bar. Uh, which is normally like a really good idea to respond to personal ads inside shady bars. Yeah, no, it's... but this didn't work out too great for him. He goes to meet an enigmatic retired seaman named Howard Howe. <laughs> seaman. <laughs> Wait, uh, we're no better than the movie now. Uh, played by Michael Parks, Mister Howard tells tale of his adventures at sea and of a particular shipwreck where he was miraculously saved by a passing walrus. Before long, Wall- walrus. Before long, Wallace finds himself drugged and captive to Howard's twisted plot to recreate his walrus savior at Wallace's expense. Sound interesting? It's not. I'm so irritated. I'm so <laughs> fucking irritated right now. The fact that he named him Wallace, like, that just... It's it says everything you need to know right there. What should his name be? Well, we're gonna turn him into a walrus, so we should probably name him Wallace. At the very least, it should have been the last name. <laughs> should yeah. have been like Robert Wallace. Uh, Tusk is what you get when you make a movie based on a joke. <laughs> the premise is entertaining enough for a fake trailer, but not a feature-length film, and definitely not when Kevin Smith is at the helm. I was expecting a lot more, but the commitment and budget wasn't there to pull off an intense and twisted body horror tale. The film was shot in 15 days with $3 million, and it somehow feels more rushed and cheaper than that. I'll I'll give him credit. 15 days is pretty quick. 15 days is very, very quick. Uh, The... It's impressive, the talent that he was able to pull in, I assume, just with his name. Yeah, um, he, but man, I I'd be surprised if he was able to do it again. This is a one and done kind of thing because anybody who catches wind of this, well, he had already he already pulled in Michael Parks for Red State, and he he basically said that he wouldn't make this film unless Michael Parks played Howard. Um, and then Johnny Depp somehow got in this. Uh, the the thing I found out is that those clerks in the Minute Mart, the Canadian Minute Mart were Kevin Smith's daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. So I wonder how much it's like just a yeah, Johnny just a, Depp wanting, a to, wanting to do something with his daughter or something. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if are you are you going to get to the fact that this is part of a like a a, a light trilogy? Yeah, not no. not really. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, 
So it's kind of like a Canadian trilogy, and I can't imagine how unspeakably unfunny the other ones are. <laughs> but there's Yoga Hosers, there's Tusk, and then there's um, Moose Tooth or something like that. <laughs> something to be released. Yeah, there's like Moose Jars. Something with Moose. Yeah, okay. Because Canada. So instead of focusing on the dread of slowly spoilers being turned into a walrus, mm. Smith focuses on creating a panoply of redundant characters de delivering redundant dialogue at length. For a body horror film, there is very little care given to the design and the shooting of the actual body horror. Shockingly. Shockingly. Yeah. Smith blows his load halfway through the film and really has nowhere to go after that. <laughs> it's truly, it's like, it's shocking. It's astounding that he's, I mean... He's not a bad storyteller. No, he's specifically a good storyteller. But I mean, that's this all that guy does is the reveal is <laughs> is so bad. Yeah. It's just so bad, and then you're just like, oh, that's that's it. Like then, that's where that's what we've got for this film. And then it's just like, all right, now on to the interesting part. And let's be clear, hilarious detective work by, <laughs> by uh, scene chewing Johnny Depp. And let's be clear, I was excited about this movie. Like, I was like, yeah, Tusk, let's go. Yeah, like, I've wanted to see this one for a while. It's one of those that you're like, I've heard about it. Like, everybody's I've, I've, been like, I'm yeah, really but have you seen that? Yeah, I'm really curious about it. See, that's the thing. I haven't heard people talk about it, and that's usually what keeps me from seeing it. Like, I'll look at the trailer and say, this looks very interesting. I'm putting that on my queue. But the thing that tips me over the edge to actually watching it is if someone mentions it in a good light. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone rave about the film or say that it was actually worth worth watching. But yeah. now that we have a horror movie podcast, everyone wants to s submit our uh, time and brains to yeah the the stuff that. <laughs> well, there's a few things going on there, right? Like, okay, first of all, first of all, th there's a few reasons why I think people referred the, us to this movie and and i would like to point out that no one has has referred it to me going you'll love it they've right. just been like they want to you, hear what we say can you please watch this and then they slap it down on the table and slide it across to us and their eyes have some sort of weird fucked up fire behind them and we're like okay but so and then also this is a movie about podcasters all right. So now we're getting a little meta with the people suggesting, right? Hey, you should watch this horror movie about podcasters, you horror movie podcast hosts. And so now we're in too deep and, and, oh man, it, the, 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 I, I just had such high expectations because partially because of like the, the after effect, the afterglow that I have, I still have for movies like Dogma and Clerks and, you know, all my middle school chuckle fest, bust a nut sort of sophomoric humor from Kevin Smith. I love a lot of Kevin Smith movies, but <laughs> this is just unbelievably poorly done. Yeah. He's, <clears throat> it is not in his wheelhouse. Let's just say that. Yeah. He should be ashamed. And even even more recent ones that have been better, not great, but actually interesting at, at the very least. So Red State was pretty good. That one with um, 
Mall rats? <laughs> no, not mall rats. What's the other one? There's Red State and the one, the, just the guy who was pissed off at rude people. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember I, what that one's called. Anyways, like, Kevin Smith uh, is hit or miss in in my mind. Sometimes he tries to overstep his boundaries and try to be a little more ambitious than he has the capacity for. And this is definitely one of those. Yes, this is pretty clear. Like, I kept kept coming back to the saying, oh, he's trying to be a Quentin Tarantino in this. Right. Like, he's trying to write dialogue. Like, pithy dialogue, uh-huh. but he has no idea what that looks like. He just has no idea. He just can't. Yeah, that's my first point when we get into the spoilers. Um, uh, but let's talk about our score for the movie. Um, so with all that being said... With all that being said, this was... Uh, see, I, I was rested for this. Like, normally if I give, like, a really low score, it's because, like, I just wasn't paying attention because I was so tired. <laughs> but this one, I I put down a three, and then I changed it to a two. Because I'm like, what what was... I didn't laugh at all in this movie. I might have laughed once unintentionally for an unintentional, like, funny thing. Just like... What are you doing? Like, what the fuck? Not like, wow, that's shocking, or that's over the top. It's just like, wow, that's really inept. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I just got angry that the dialogue was so redundant and so repetitive, it, and it was just... It was really bad. It was bad. Now... Now, there, there's a little bit of a letdown factor to this, right? This is not, That's true. That's this true. is not a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. I understood in that I understood what was happening at any given point, right? So it, it makes sense insofar as what it's trying to make sense at. It's just a, it's just a, a slapdash movie put together by a notable filmmaker. Yeah. And, a notable filmmaker who has a lot of feels from my childhood attached to him and a lot of expectation from me. So in that regard, it's not a normal to, but I wouldn't say you're wrong <laughs> because with great responsibility, with great power comes great responsibility, Kevin Smith. <laughs> you should know this comic book enthusiast slash writer. And I know DC's more your thing, but. You know, you can you can take a, a little card out of, out of Spider Man's book. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm I I don't have a strong opinion on this, which is probably more damning than anything. <laughs> it's like I don't give a shit what what we rate this. It's it's definitely a a three, definitely a three. Yeah, like it's just a letdown. Yeah, I think I think the thing that pushed me over the edge from a three to a two is, um. The dialogue is truly like boring. It's, it's so it's garbage. So, it's so the pacing is so bad. It, it it very bad. And then it utterly fails at the genre of body horror. Oh, like it just does a very very bad job. Falls flat on its face. It didn't even the the idea that this is body horror is absurd. It it's it's body horror in husk. 
Like, that's the husk that this comes out in. Right. But then it doesn't do anything with the body horror genre. There is no... Oh, man. I we... mean, there. I, I think about it. It's not like he didn't try and that there's not, like, the elements that are you would expect to be there, but they're just pulled off so bad. Yeah. Like, the transition just happens way too quick and <laughs> too quick no, there's no meat on those bones yeah. on that transition from like all right now it's happening your metamorphosis the supposed to be the culmination of the whole movie all the interesting sh- oh it's there, done there it is. Good. it's done look all right okay throw that sock away <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah he's focuses so much time and energy on dialogue on on like jokey like tired stereotypical jokes and there and Jason Muse isn't even in it yeah <laughs> like like if you're going to do that at least have somebody who's strange and interesting to watch do it i don't yeah you don't think Johnny Depp is strange and interesting uh, it's not that i don't think Johnny Depp is strange and interesting no i don't think Johnny yeah. Depp is strange and interesting <laughs> Actually, now that you mention it. Okay, so uh, let's move on to spoilers. 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 All right, so we've already talked about it, but uh, there was one observation that I made about Kevin Smith's dialogue style and if you've listened to kevin smith tell stories mm-hmm. or his podcast you mean you, his schmodcast you should know kevin smith is a bullshitter mm-hmm. like he's one of those guys that can tell a story that captivates your attention but if you step back you realize that it's a lot of unnecessary information it's just a lot of color and not a lot of substance necessarily right and if you step back and you're like oh so you're just you were just kind of being awkward yeah that's that's the takeaway if you if you sift sift through all the bullshit is that it's a very normal occurrence that happened <laughs> Ooh, you have you have in in like one paragraph you've stripped him totally nude dude if if can you imagine how awkward something i don't know maybe it would he's so good at deflection and that kind of thing right that that this you know if he heard your words mm-hmm. if he heard you say those things and and they rang totally true he would he would say oh yeah that's absolutely 100% <laughs> correct are you kidding me that's me yes of course it's me everybody knows that's me good job professor and it's like yeah um so as such he he's a screenwriter that writes like a bullshitter yeah so all of his characters sound like bullshitters and in this circumstance, it's bullshit. <laughs> well said. Um, he's not. So here's the difference between Qu- Quentin Tarantino and <laughs> I can't believe and Kevin going. Smith. Mm-hmm. They're both very, very good talkers. Mm-hmm. That's true. And they're both homely, the, homelyish gentlemen, <laughs> right. or or have spent a, a good part of their life being not good looking enough for the women that they would like to have right much like a lot of people i don't know if kevin smith likes to fuck feet but i wouldn't be surprised um but 
Quentin the, Tarantino bo- Both does. of them, when they're writing, the dialogue and the characters speaking the dialogue are prone to sound like them. Mm-hmm. Like, Quentin Tarantino script sounds like Quentin Tarantino. Right. And Kevin Smith sounds like Kevin Smith. But the difference between um, the dialogue is, like I said, Kevin Smith is a bullshitter. And so the bullshitting comes through. But with with Tarantino, there's like a vast amount of pop culture knowledge and nuance and like opinions and strong and, intelligence and taste that comes through. <laughs> yeah. And intelligence, which is this laundry list of good things that yeah. <laughs> that Quentin Tarantino has that Kevin Smith doesn't. And yes, I I am constantly on Tarantino's nuts. I don't think he's ever made a bad movie. Look, the the only I mean even the most recent ones which are not even necessarily my favorite are better than 90% of any movies that have ever been made. Yeah, the problem is, and and the thing that Kevin Smith would say in rebuttal to this is, you're comparing me to the best filmmaker of all time, and thank you very much. Right. And it's like, yeah, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> because it's clear you were trying, like, you were comparing yourself to Quentin Tarantino when you made this movie, and if you weren't, I mean, boy, it sure does look like it. Right, and then the other thing is, outside of screenwriting, Quentin Tarantino is... A master director. Yeah. Like, if he was not a screenwriter, he could tell the story of any uh, any script on film because he is excellent at directing and and portraying the story in whatever genre he chooses. Yes. So it's distinctly his, but also distinctly of the genre. And uh, Kevin Smith obviously does not have that in his favor. He's he's kind of a one-trick pony if it's, f- like, you know, younger 20s and probably now, like, middle-aged guy friends that are bullshitting and talking about relationships and... Um, Comic books. Their inability to handle <laughs> interpersonal conflict. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's probably gonna be okay for kevin smith but if he's gonna do like a nuanced genre film he's he's just not gonna anyway moving on so the origin of this film the idea actually came um about after a man in brighton england put out an ad in this uh it's like a craigslist type Mm -hmm. site called gumtree uh, he offered free rent to anyone willing to dress in a walrus suit and pretend to be said animal for two hours a day. The advert turned out to be a hoax by writer-poet Chris Parkinson, but after Kevin Smith discussed it on a smodcast with his co-host Scott Mo- Mosier, he began to mull the idea of turning, in, turning it into a feature-length film. Some, uh, he said, something snapped in my brain, and it's only happened one other time in my life. That other time was 20 years ago when I wondered why people didn't make movies about me and my friends talking about movies and pussy and Star Wars. So I did, and it was Clerks, Smith said. So uh, that's also probably something you'd say if you knew you made a piece of shit. Like, oh, it's, this reminded me, the reason why I made this movie is <laughs> it's it's exactly the same reason as I made that movie that you actually liked. Um so, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that it's not even an original idea. It's not like they 
they uh like improved it on the show. Right. It's literally someone else's funny idea. Inspired by yeah, like some, taken, someone else. Like altered to their purpose or whatever. Um Yeah, it's um and I can, you know, and in that format on, you know, as an interesting topic to, to bring up and talk about on a, on kind of an all purpose, uh, topics, uh, podcast, this story is fun and works. You know, this, yeah. this is exactly the kind of stuff you want to talk about and bring up. Not the kind of thing you also want. I mean, you know what? Actually, I'll even reverse that. This could, this movie could have been with this concept awesome. It could have yes. been yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. If <laughs> if you had given this movie to Guillermo del Toro. Yes. And he had the same budget. Three million. Probably yeah. even the same. Well, not the same script. They'd, they'd have to yeah, no, make some no. cuts. Yeah. But if they gave this to like a real good body whore director or like Cronenberg or something, I wonder what Cronenberg could do with this on $3 million. I don't know, but it'd be a lot better. This, this, the concept, the bones of this thing could have been <laughs> the bones of this thing could have been, uh, could have been great. You could have had a really crazy, cool story. Uh, but it, in effect, there was a lot of blubber. There was a lot of fat on the bone. <laughs> okay. Um, so before going very much further, it, it should be said Michael Parks is the best part of this film. Oh, hell yeah. He's, he's great in anything he's in. Um, Michael Parks is kind of chameleon. You don't really recognize him that much. The, the part that I was like, was astounded at and, and I was a f- huge fan of him ever since Kill Bill because in Kill Bill he played two characters and one in each film the first one he was the sheriff that discovers the the bride fantastic yeah. character actor yeah. and then in the second one he's the like cigar Honduran, Honduran like drug lord pimp yeah um and they're so different, and he was able to portray that so each character so well that I had no idea that it was the same actor until the commentary. Yeah, he um and that Honduran pimp, the the cigar sucking kind of lazy eyed, lazy um blinking, took place in he was that same character in this movie basically he was not far from it uh yeah well he got a lot of the same affect i got a lot of the same feel huh that's interesting that you'd say that i didn't i didn't see that this one is like very much like a well yes he's a distinguished gentleman in both of them yeah Yeah. he kind of sits there and smokes and ponders and tells a story and Right. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, it's it's uh I see it now. Yeah. So that's he's the best part. The worst part is the direction. Yeah. It's truly terrible. <laughs> and, and 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 the, the script. script. Yeah. <laughs> so there's arbitrary flashbacks that tell super obvious twists <laughs> and just fuck with the pacing so bad. Look, that you're just like what why though? Like he, you, you you know you have to leave the action. You you need to leave like the tension of the the one storyline of of him being held captive. You have to leave it for something else. And what he chooses to leave it for is just like who cares? 
<laughs> like it should there's sometimes like we're, there's kind of a template that you that you can use for these genres you know you say, you have someone's held captive um something bad is happening and then the b storyline is the people that love them notice that they're gone and are trying to find out where they are yeah like that's a very tried and true template and sometimes you should just do that would you would you mind if so so far we've just been ripping this thing apart but we haven't really given the 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 basics of what happened in the in the movie would you mind if i ran it down real quick yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty basic you you go ahead yeah yeah so this podcast they you know they're uh they send one of the two guys who who's the guy that they sent what's his wallace wallace but wh- who who what's his his actual name as a actor oh justin long justin long thank you 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 would recognize justin long he's the mac guy yeah and um and so they send him to the great white north to interview uh a uh, a viral video sensation who once he got there it is revealed this kid killed himself so now justin long has to has to find some other interesting story to to talk about so when he's in the bar up in you realize that i've said all this in the synopsis right oh you did yes (laughs) i'm sorry i was thinking about how horrible this movie was (laughs) so the part that i haven't covered is is when he so he, he gets there uh, Michael Parks' character tells this story and is kind of like super interesting guy. And Justin Long's character, the podcaster, is like, I can totally use this as an interview. Um, he gives him some tea. He gives him to some drink. tea. And then as he's telling him this story about being saved by this walrus and how important it was in his life, Justin Long faints. Yeah. Clearly, th- the whole time, it's just very obvious that the tea is drugged. Yeah. It's, it's like, here is some tea. And Justin Long is like, I love this tea. Tastes, this tastes really weird. What's in this? <laughs> Drugs. Um, so, <laughs> and then he wakes up and very quickly you realize that, well, I mean, at, right as Justin Long's character faints, and it's even in the trailer, Howard Howes, Howard Howe, the character that that Michael Parks plays says, you know, go to sleep, Mr. Tusk. And so that's the name of the walrus that saved him. And so it's pretty obvious that he, he's got a thing very, for walrus. Very quickly, he's got a thing for walruses and he spends no time in just saying, oh, he's he's going to turn Justin Long into a walrus. Right. That's the premise of this film. And I think pretty much everyone that knows about this film knows that's what it's about. Yes. Um there's a very thin veil of of like, wh- why am I here? How? Why? Why did you amputate my leg? And he's like, Oh, a spider bit ya. It was a brown recluse, also known as a hobo spider, and it bit ya. And I had to amputate your had to have your leg amputated. Hey, you know you're under some heavy sedation. And then he wakes up again, and he's a walrus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like okay, like and and that's literally that's literally the movie. Like we we could stop with like we could. And then his friends find him. And he's made a full metamorphosis into this is I mean, there's not even a slow. I mean, there's like maybe two scenes, but really. So then there is a tremendous there's like a 40 minute long dialogue with Johnny Depp, 
who's who's a detective who's who's, who's hot French, on the trail French Canadian detective who's hot on the trail of this serial killer who mutilates his but never sexually touches which I don't know why that's interesting that's anti-interesting right he never ever sexually gets in so I mean it's not even like it doesn't play at all with the body horror. It's not yeah, like... Yeah, which is also kind of a missed opportunity, in my opinion. Yes! They they make a big deal... Okay, this is a this is like a sidestep. But they make this big deal about showing the walrus's penis bone yeah. on the mantle and talking about, like, <laughs> penis bone, <laughs> penises, am I right? And they make this big deal out of, of Howard, of Mr. Howard's character getting just horribly abused yeah. when he was younger. And so you'd think there'd be like some kind of weird deviant sexual thing, like nah, that's just uh, just so a stupid walrus suit, and then they fight. Which so like the, the 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 so the main points of like a body of the horror. body horror right. are he faints, he wakes up, his legs amputated, and he's like, what the fuck? And Mister Howard's like, ah, oh, it's just a spider, and he faints, and he gets drugged again. And he takes his other leg and kind of sews his arms together. And then I don't even think we see his reaction to that. Like, we don't see Justin Long waking up after that particular operation. The operation could have been, could have been 10 minutes long and, and horrifically gory. I'm not, look, I'm not a body horror guy. No, I'm saying there's like two operations, but one of them doesn't even matter because you don't see his reaction to it. Right. And then there's another operation where it's like the full transformation. And then it, the reveal. There's like, immediate. I mean, it's within a span of. It happens at the middle of it. It's like there is exactly three minutes of this body horror movie devoted to body horror. <laughs> like, and it's an hour and forty minutes long. Yeah. And there is. I mean, that, I don't know if that's the exact time, but it, that's what it feels like. No, it is. It's at like an hour forty-two. No, I mean the the amount of time they spend on the oh, body horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels so insignificant to the amount of time. Yeah, and it's. I mean, look, I'm not a body horror guy. I don't like it. I'm just saying, if you're trying for that, just go for it. Just yeah. do that. So, uh, so at some point, um. After he gets am- his leg is amputated, his first leg is amputated. Wallace calls his girlfriend, uh, but doesn't give an address or any useful information to her, <laughs> which is great. Which is a pretty lengthy call. It was like a, you know, two or three minute voicemail, but he doesn't like say, "This is the town I'm in." Look, I'm pretty sure I I can't remember in my whole social security number, but the last four is definitely four four two one. And and there's no use. It's she. He just gives her everything in the kitchen sink except right. the, all the useful stuff. Um, we've already talked about how this movie blows its load way too early. <laughs> no care is given to extending out the dread or the body transformation. It's, it feels so insignificant. Um, so let's talk about the actual reveal mm-hmm. and how terrible it is. <laughs> it looks so much worse than I expected. I like. I'm still. They spent they spent so much camera time looking directly at this horrible walrus costume. <laughs> that I right. c- I can't believe it. It's like where did okay, the three million dollars? If, if you go? imagine in your head, if you haven't seen this movie and you have watched the trailer, it doesn't show anything. And if you were to imagine in your head 
what would it look like if someone surgically turned someone into a walrus? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Like, have that picture in your mind. Mm-hmm. Imagine a good movie was made out of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now imagine someone at the San Diego Comic-Con did, like, a pretty good cosplay of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So put that picture in your mind. Okay. Now picture someone in, like, a Portland, Oregon Comic-Con. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That does S- cosplay sig- of it. A significantly smaller, l- less well-attended Comic-Con. Okay. Now now think of someone in, like, like Henderson, Texas Comic-Con. Forks, Washington. <laughs> A Comic-Con attended by six people. Okay. Okay, that is the cosplay. The the person that goes as cosplay for um, that that movie, Mm -hmm. that's what the actual design looked like in this film. This is not an exaggeration. It's it's like a big latex. And the the real damning part of it is how... (laughs) How he moves in the costume. They don't go to any length at all to try and hide the fact that this is just basically a big plastic bag around, (laughs) around him. They're just, he's like when he retracts his head into the costume and it like, and it's, and it's just very clearly a, a big latex bag. Ah, it's just weird. It's like, why would you show this part? It literally looks like just latex foam. So it's not even like he's in a bag full of blubber. No, it just feels like, yeah, so it's so bad. I can't underline how bad it is. So in a circumstance, circumstance like this, if you have a terrible, cheap looking monster design that's not scary and looks ridiculous, you have to go the Jaws route. You do not show it. You show it in flashes. Right. You show like the after effects of its presence. Yeah. You show all these things. Fleeting but disturbing imagery. He tries to do that leading up to it, but even that isn't super effective because it's the design is so bad that it looks fake. Yeah. Just, it's, this is the other one. <laughs> okay. This is the better analogy. Get, get rid of all the Comic-Con cosplay stuff. All right. The costume looks like... It's from a Conan O'Brien sketch. There we go. That's that's Their what it is. Their prop guys made a walrus costume. Yes. On like late night Conan O'Brien. Right. Like early Conan O'Brien. With, you know, back when, uh, what was that, Pimp Bot 3000? <laughs> yeah. Or like the masturbating bear. So this is like Minty, the candy cane that fell on the ground level. That scotch tape is involved. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and they just he just does not know how to shoot it or make it interesting at all. It's just like, nope, there it is. Isn't that scary? Now let's just keep looking at it in a wide shot. I keep because that's the most interesting thing we can do. I keep wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt and say it's it's intentionally ironic, but it's just intentionally shitty. Or even just the lighting, if they had lit it different or just made it more like like slimy, yeah, or something. It was just so bad, it, and it happens. At the midpoint of the film, it's over at that point. That well, yeah. you, there's nothing left in your film. And like the only thing left, and I'll skip forward to the very ending. The only thing left <laughs> is there's a fight 
to the death of Justin Long's character and Michael Park's character. And Michael Park is dressed in a walrus suit. And it it is like as much as it re- it can redeem itself it it kind of is interesting at that point and then it dwells on that for like half a minute and then it's over okay so where did the 3 million dollars go bryce so the majority- where did the where did, did it go did it go to the soundtrack to get that tusk song yes exactly or but why the fuck did they go for the 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 like that's the layup like that's the layup song go for i am the walrus if you got three <laughs> three million dollars like why are you why are you going with um who who sang that fleetwood mac fleetwood why are you going with fleetwood mac when you could have the beatles all right i think it was a good choice that's that's a great choice it's for, it's for a, this movie because it's, it's a b-side um but yeah, Kevin Smith even said himself that like most of the budget was spent on licensing that. I mean, probably not actually, wow. but a lot of the budget was spent on licensing that song. That's a pretty big song. Tusk. <laughs> Tusk! <laughs> so we'll see if we'll see if we get pulled off of YouTube for two and a half seconds of that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just so bad. All right, so let's move on to some other things. The the other bad things, terrible jokes based off of tired Canadian stereotypes. Just not even interesting jokes. Not even. Not just there's like, no effort. Hey, did you know that Canadians say a and a boot and a boot? Did you know that? It's tw- th- Did we- you know that they're polite? This movie came out in 2014 and they're making jokes about that. Isn't shit. that funny? <laughs> let's base an entire let's just really dwell on Canadian stereotypes and aren't French Canadian hilarious? Let's let's put Johnny Depp in this. Do, do you care that Johnny Depp is in this? Johnny Depp. Uh, okay, no. First of all, no. Other, you know what? It, you know what? Putting Johnny Depp in this movie does. It makes you go, oh shit! About twenty minutes into this, to seeing that character, you go, oh that's that's Johnny Depp. Are yeah, you, he really. Was, he was in a bunch of weird makeup and maybe a prosthetic, and I was like, why are they? making him up so much and so, i didn't i didn't recognize him but then i looked and i'm like oh it's because it's johnny depp by the time johnny depp shows up the movie should be fucking over but instead there's 40 minutes left of johnny depp just kind of expounding on this serial killer who turns his victims into something we don't know what um spoilers it's a walrus uh and and then and then it's just and then it's just johnny depp just kind of just chewing, kinda, chewing the scenery. Just I mean, he's, chewing the scenery. It's just, just Johnny. the The idea is like, wouldn't it be funny if Johnny Depp was did a ridiculous French Canadian accent? So the so what it turns a- out, no, it's not funny. Yeah, and what it accomplishes is like when the movie's already over and you're sh- and you, you're still supposedly telling a story, the audience halfway through goes, "Oh shit, that's Johnny Depp," and then gets on their phones to get on IMDb to make sure that that's actually Johnny Depp. So now you have half the audience just gone. Right. Oh, man, this movie. Another B plot is Wallace is cuckolded, cuckolded by his friend and podcast partner. Yeah. Um, played hey. by Haley Joel Osment. Do you care about that storyline? I don't except to say that Haley, I, I said this during while we were watching, but Haley Joel Osment is just unfortunate looking because he looks like a child actor who grew up. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> probably the most child actor that grew upest 
Yeah. Looking. I mean, Macaulay Culkin's pretty close. Yeah, I think the thing with Haley Joel Osment... He's still got... And some... I don't want to, like, rag on someone's oh, appearance, because no. mostly, like, everyone looks like a weird version of the child themselves, right. except you don't actually get to know the weird version of the child exactly, themselves. Exactly, exactly. Or don't see, like, you don't miss the transition you see him the whole time. But with Haley Joel Osment, he has a particular thing where his face is very small yes. in comparison to his head when he's an adult. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange because, yeah, I don't want to rag on... Uh, he did a fine job. He's Everything he's been in has been great. He gave us six cents. Jesus Christ, like... He was great in, uh, most recently, The Boys on Amazon oh, Prime. Yeah, you were telling me about he that. He was in that. You should watch that. But but all suffice, to, suffice it to say, you don't care about... His storyline or his character, that gets way too much time. Right. Um, talked about this briefly. Howard Howe was abused as a child by a community of pedophiles. Um, and it feels like it's what Smith is using as a reason for why he's insane. Here's here's the clip from, from the movie. And so for the next five years, I was beaten. I was tortured. I was raped. I've had things in my mouth that no human being should have a taste. They never thought of me as a person. They just thought to use me. And use me they did. Priests, politicians, all pederasts, even the nurses and nuns and night watchmen. All of them which is all there to satisfy their most base physical and financial desires. Through the rectum and lips of a child. Like, I get it. You grew up Catholic <laughs> and you had a hard time because, because, and I mean, I, like, my heart goes out to anyone who was, who was abused as a child, like, a hundred percent. Right. Don't. Like, and, and the whole point of this movie, like, the, the through line on this movie is, like, why would you want to be a person? It would better, it would be better to be just something as inane as a walrus. Right. But, uh, boy, man, you could do yeah, a lot, feels, you could do a lot more footwork. Yeah. It feels, it feels a lot, it feels pretty cheap it, u- using that as like a plot point, but not actually like attaching it to anything other than just people are bad. Yeah. And, and again, like my heart goes out to eat to Kevin Smith, like, I'm sorry for what happened to you, legitimately, but this was this was a bad way to do it. Yeah, um, the scene with Johnny Depp and Michael Parks is probably one of the most interesting parts of the movie. But I'm not going to say it's good. It's it's meta interesting because they're two actors just absolutely chewing the scenery it's johnny depp doing a ridiculous french canadian accent <laughs> right. and michael parks doing like a let's say touched yeah he was a bit southern touched. american type accent yeah um here's here's a clip of that just to give you a taste did i have it here it is good afternoon to you sir i am guy lapointe surete du quebec oh did you come here by the spider? So. <laughs> Did you come here about the spider? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, all right, so... um, 
this movie is basically a much worse version of the human centipede. You brought this up while we were watching it. I just wanted to briefly touch on what human centipede did better. Okay. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah. Human centipede is, is Bryce's baby. Yeah. So human centipede drew out the explanation of what the doc was going to do to the people. So part of like these body horror movies, especially with a, insane scientist the dread is the insane scientist explaining exactly what he's going to do to you (laughs) and why that's like where half the horror comes from where you realize this guy is fucking insane yeah and you have to sit and watch and see his delight at his idea yeah it's it's the clockwork orange thing where they're prying your eyes open and making you watch something you don't want to watch yeah and it completely doesn't do that in this film um Human Centipede, there's a much slower passage of time and showing of the recovery process of the <laughs> surgery, which is also like just horrifying, but also very interesting. And it just shows like a lot of like, what would this actually be like? I just don't want to watch Human Centipede so badly. And then the the tone, this is where like, just why it's such a glorious <laughs> film. The tone, I was trying to write down what the tone of human centipede is and it's so difficult to say exactly what it is because I imagine it's, it's it's like hell on earth it's played so straight and committed it's so committed and but somehow still over the top but it's not like hacky uh-huh it's it's over the top in how much it's playing it straight Right, it's like it's like Saw if Saw took itself even more seriously. Yeah, so it just underlines the ridiculousness of, of the premise, and it feels like it grounds this horrible idea and this ridiculous premise in reality, which makes it horrifying. Um, <laughs> and it really focused on the horror of the protagonist situation. And Tusk, like, it just says, like, this happened, but it doesn't really dwell on what the protagonist thinks about or their actual experience, it just it just shows him and he's screaming. That's it. It's silly. That, I mean, that's all that you're shown about like his experiences that it's done and he's and he and he, he doesn't like it. Yeah. Um the ending with the walrus duel to the death. Um it really could have been great. Um it was an interesting idea having Howard in like a another walrus suit and, tr- and try to battle to the death with their tusks. But again, fell firmly right on his face from the directing standpoint. The choreography is terrible. Like, I, it's literally just like if you were lying next to each other and just kind of like rolling into each other. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like, and if that's, if you're limited by the costumes, okay, that's fine. But try to shoot it in a way that it looks like there's something happening other than that. And he, he just didn't. It just looked like uh, I feel a like... long, like a medium shot or a wide shot of them kind of nudging each other. Yeah. And then it ends with Justin Long, like, tackling the guy and stabbing him with his tusks. It's, and it's just, that's, that's it. And then another ending is tacked on with the girlfriend feeding a fish to him. And this is actually, we missed it. If we had listened or if we had watched all the, all the credits, uh, we would have been treated to this clip from the Smodcast when they're discussing the third act. Oh, uh, okay. We skipped, we skipped all the way to the very end of the, 
of the credits because it looked like there was a uh, like there was a scene at the end, and there was. Yeah. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Scott Mosier. Oh shit! All right, so his here's the third act. He then goes and puts on his suit, you know, made of human skins, and so you realize he's done this before. Like I'm not the first lodger and shit like that. Gotcha. So he's in it. You're in yours, and you guys have to have one of the Morris fights <laughs> like on the beach. <laughs> We slam each other, like, <laughs> and you start like we start saying, "Is man indeed a walrus at heart?" <laughs> you ultimately get him and fuck. But then, the, but then, what has to happen at the end is that once he makes that switch, yeah, he can't go back. Like the clinic for the criminally insane or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And you see, you know, like his buddy. He's got something wrapped in a newspaper and you don't know what's going on. And then he opens Yes. <laughs> it's a fish. <laughs> oh, it's <this is> awesome. <laughs> and it is like, it's like another walrus enclave, a better version yeah, yeah. of where he was because he realized they can't reverse the process. No, they can't. He's, fu- he's gone, even in his head, he's gone full walrus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he throws him the fish, and then fucking uh, the walrus man fucking <laughs> scurries over to it all gross and shit and starts biting at it at the ground. They play, like, some sad piano music, roll credits as we pull back in this overhead and watch him fucking eat this fish off the ground. <laughs> and there's a song that's just like, being tender in your heart. <laughs> Is that a real thing? (laughs) No. We need a hashtag for this. The conversation needs to grow. Two hashtags. I am feel dead inside. So this actually parlays nicely into something I was I was mentioning about this movie. It's written as a comic book. This this movie would work as a comic book very well. And by the way, if you're not familiar, Kevin Smith does author comic books, and he's good at it. Uh, really good at it because, because of that dialogue you just heard, that all plays very well on the page because it needs to be obvious. It needs to be expositional dialogue. It needs to be all of these things. So if you're looking for good Kevin Smith comic books, go check out. I think, uh, he has a, a green arrow one called like Quiver or something like that. Check out that great shit, not Tusk. Yeah, um, to me, the best possible ending would have been if they had just put them back together. If they just like, yeah, put put I the was, character back together. I was waiting for that too, and just had them horribly like mangled and stuff. But that would be like the only thing that would redeem it. Like have a modicum of redemption for this film is if they just did something as ridiculous as like, oh yeah, and then they just put them back together, and now he's like just a human again. But and he's in, got legs again. But instead, they the most ridiculous. Like I get it. Like I, like I get the ironic, sad irony of putting him in a, in a basically a, right. a, a third rate zoo in the middle of Manitoba somewhere. But it's not. See, that's the thing. Like he, he, it goes from again that works in a comic book really well. It says like, oh, he's a he's a walrus. He's full walrus now. But like. He, you never felt like he was still a human after the reveal anyways. And it's, yeah. And it's not like, it's not like it's wasted on me that this was just a goofy goof that was meant to be fun and funny for you to make. 
But, you know, I mean, presumably people paid to see this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a giant well, not, just a giant piece of shit. Not a lot, because uh, this is the final bullet point. So $3 million was the budget, and the cumulative worldwide gross was $1.88 million. I'm sure they're making that up on the back end, because it's been on Netflix for years. I don't know. I don't think they make millions of dollars from Netflix, though. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... This is the kind of movie that the buzz around it before it was so large about, like, how ridiculous would this movie be, a movie about someone turning into a walrus? But you would assume that it would be able to make $3 million, but it didn't. Yeah. Mostly because anyone that saw it probably told other people, don't go see it as bad. If I recall, Human Centipede, that was actually... So that was released in still in the era of... I think that was, like, 2000... Seven or eight or nine, I think something it was like that. Yeah, something like that. Maybe, maybe even six. Because I remember walking through the, you know, the Hollywood video and seeing, you know, a wall of Human Centipede DVDs and being like, no, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, but, but then, you know, it, I mean, it really kept going. Like the the hype train for Human Centipede kept going because it was available. It was one of the first titles available when Netflix went streaming, I believe. And, uh, and so I don't know. I, I don't know what my, what my point is on that other than to say, uh, I think there's a definite lane for this kind of movie and it'd be interesting if it was done right. If there were more like Human Centipede, not that I'm interested in watching them because ew, but, but this is very easy to stomach in my opinion. This tusk is just, uh, yeah. So we had two people request this and I think they're both patrons. I think a couple other people that have just yeah. reached out to us on social media said, check it out. So, um, we need more people asking for human centipede so I can make David watch it because he does not want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> if you want us to review human centipede, <laughs> send us a, send us an email at info at horrormovietalk.com or reach out on Facebook. Okay. So let's, uh, move on to final recommendations. Who do you think should watch this, Brad? Just, just don't. Look, bother. Like, this is one that you should just search for clips on YouTube. Just get get the idea. Probably the only scene... I mean, it's on Netflix, so you can skip through it. The only scenes that are interesting are the scene where Wallace and Howard are talking. When the introduction and, and yeah. Howard talking about his past mm-hmm. and then him fainting. Yeah. Skip forward to... The reveal. Yeah. And that'll give you a taste of like how much quality this movie is. You can skip everything else. Everything else else is totally dispensable. Maybe, maybe the very end. Maybe like the walrus fight and then (laughs) the end scene with them feeding the fish. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. Really, it's it's only two scenes that are worth it. It is on Netflix. So if you are watching, looking for something horrific, uh, to be on in the background, it is getting towards October. So I guess you could. Yeah. This is, I don't know. But also, The Witch is on Netflix, so watch that instead. Yeah, for real. (laughs) I would rather watch The Witch, like, five more times than watch this. Yes, but. The first time. (laughs) Yes, but you don't want, like, you want to soak in every second of The Witch. This, you can just put on in the background and be noise. Yeah, maybe you could watch it while you're working. Yeah. Um, Okay, so final recommendations is just, like, just don't. Just probably don't. Probably don't. don't. Who who would like it, though? Like, who's, who would be a big fan of this? Oh, oh, Kevin Smith fanboys. 
mostly. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, people, I mean, this is one of those ones that's a really low bar of entry into body horror. So yeah, if you, if you like full moon production stuff, if you like just like absolute shitty horror movies to make fun of, this is, uh, yeah. maybe close to that. Yeah, but, uh, but the, so, uh, here's, here's an interesting thought. So in, in order to get this made, uh, or, or gauge responsiveness of like, who would like to see this story? Kevin Smith started a hashtag campaign of walrus yes and hashtag walrus yes and hashtag walrus no. And, uh, and so, you know, what we could do is we could start that, that campaign right back up and just, uh, tweet at Kevin Smith. Hashtag walrus no. Just, just light him up. And, uh, and, you know, tag us, horror movie talk in there. And let's see if, let's see if we can get Kevin Smith to angrily rant and give us exactly what we want. Some, some time on, on his valuable, his super valuable podcast, the, mm. sm- the podcast Smugcast. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, uh, so hashtag walrus no. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to games and bits of news. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, we, hey, we never did the mid roll. I don't think. Oh, we didn't do the mid-roll. So, hey guys, if you would like to support the show, if you, if you find this funny or interesting or, uh, even annoying, you can go ahead and head on over to our website at horrormovietalk.com. Check on out at the top of the page there. It's a, if you want to become a patron, that helps us out a whole lot. Still only one tier on that. Five bucks a month gets you grandfathered into all the eventual tiers that we will offer and it gets you access to all afterpods which there's quite a few of now and that's like kind of the therapy time mm-hmm. after the show <laughs> at least where, one of them where bryce and i talk about our week and you know and then we have a cry and then we laugh and then we cry more yeah so you can do that Another way you can support us is there's another button that just sends you to Amazon. I think it's linked to just all of the horror films that are available for DVD. But pretty much if you click on that link and buy anything on Amazon, even if you're like buying kitty litter, your monthly kitty litter or something, just click on that banner and we'll get a little taste of what you spend on Amazon. Um, big, big news. I have big news. So there was some question about the shutter code not working. Our HMT code was not working with shutter to get you when at checkout, when you check out for shutter, you enter HMT at checkout and it should get you 30 free day, 30 day free trial to shutter, which is, um, a horror movie streaming platform. And it's really great. And I got it fixed. So get back on there. If you've already signed up for shutter, just use that HMT code on a different email address. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and now we're really trying to, to knock it out of the park with them because they're actually going to track. They're actually going to track how we do instead of, I don't know, p- potentially forgetting about us like they did before. Yeah. So I know there was at least two people that said that they tried and it didn't work. So we just wanted to let you know that that's available again. We haven't mentioned it in the last couple episodes, but yeah. 30-day free trial on Shutter if you use code HMT at checkout. Please rush to Shutter and and use it. There's all I think the first six Nightmare on Elm Streets on Shutter for streaming right now. It's a yeah. great if you like streaming horror. It's the best way to go for sure. Um, finally, we've put a call out to uh, to call for writers for our blog. If you're interested in writing about horror movies, 
um, and horror movie topics. Um, not necessarily reviews, because that's what we do in the episodes, but horror movie topics. Um, we are accepting submissions. Reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll be happy to see what you got, and we can give you suggestions if you can't come up with an idea. Yeah, and we've had some people reach out to us, and I'm super excited because it sounds like they are you know, horror connoisseurs. And uh, and so they'll have some interesting content coming your way soon. All right. Let's move on to the tagline. Here's tagline. Taglines is a game where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we're reviewing. So, I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Actually, yeah, okay. Tusk, it takes a bite out of your time. <laughs> uh, Tusk, you've heard the saying that this cat has claws. Well, this walrus has heart. Tusk, a touching tale of a man who loves a walrus and a man who is a walrus. Tusk. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to Justin Long. <laughs> he was he was shafted that year, man. Dude. I mean, he really should have got it. Yeah. I mean, how are you supposed to act with your tongue cut out? Mm -hmm. Tusk. Human centipede. <laughs> Sorry. Tusk. Human centipede without all the fixins. Tusk. At least we know that Kevin Smith has less money to make movies like this now. <laughs> Tusk. Picture a 10 minute long story stretched out into one hour and 40 minutes. And oh yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's all I got. I got some more. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Tusk. It could have used Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> Uh, tusk. I think a tusk the same way I think of people with blue hair. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it exists. Yeah, look at you. Let's not interact with it. Let's, I know everything I need to know about you now. Oh, I was thinking like elderly people, blue hairs, like blue hairs. No, I'm talking about like dyed blue hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, right. it's just like, oh, yeah. And you all have the same picture. We're all thinking of the same person right uh -huh. now. Right. Um, I think I have one more. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, actually, if they, this would have been a very interesting film if it was a Jay and Silent Bob sequel. Right. If it was Silent Bob that was turned into the walrus. Whoa, dude, look at this crazy crap that's going on over here. And then, <laughs> this is worse, Jay. And then Jay was just like observing. Yeah. 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 Fat. Anyways. Then he uh, really could have called him Fat Boy. Okay. Last bit. Gonna talk some horror movie news. This just uh, so we don't have to cover all of this. I've put a bunch of quotes in here if there's anything interesting that we actually want to go deeper into. Netflix is... Uh, so Netflix just released a trailer for their Netflix and Chills event kind of event thing. So it's a special... Halloween season release schedule of four original horror movies. 
Ooh. So first on September 27th, they're going to put out In the Shadow of the Moon. Um, buh, 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 buh. So it's like a serial killer movie. Ooh, um, that'll be... I'm I'm excited for a serial killer movie. Yeah, they've got a lot of serial killer content on Netflix. Yeah, they sure do. Man, if you if you start watching like Mindhunter or something... Oh, forget like, about it. You're like... The algorithm will be like... Oh, you like serial killers? Here's here's all the fucking serial killers. It's just like every TV. Anyways, yeah. um, on October fourth, they release In the Tall Grass, which is based on a novella by Stephen King and Joe Hill. So, if any of these jump out at you that you want more information or you think people would be interested, we could read the synopsis. But I don't really care that much. No, we're running over. Fractured will be released on October eleventh. I don't know what Fractured is about. And then Eli, released on October 18th, is about something. And then Rattlesnake <laughs> will be released on October 25th. It's also about something. Also about uh, pro- presumably a rattlesnake. <laughs> I think I think Fractured has someone recognizable in it. Eh, who cares? Okay. You can go. Yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out. Um... So, so this is notable because oh, oh, so, Netflix does know how to do horror movies. Like, <laughs> if uh, if you remember about this time last year, maybe November last year, we reviewed The Ritual, which is a horror movie done by Netflix. Great, just a, a really yeah. There's they've there's been some good content put out on Netflix. The Ritual, The Apostle is probably worth watching. Um, even Bird Box and The Perfection. Oh yeah, Bird Box. Good. Bird Box we've, was fabulous. We've reviewed. All of those. Um, so, yeah, they're kind of going a little deeper into horror. They actually released a special URL that will land you on all of Netflix's horror offerings. If you go to www.netflix.com slash Netflix and chills, it'll okay. just put you on the landing page for the horror genre. Um, that's just a quick... If you want to simulate Shudder yeah. through Netflix, you could do that. But why would you want to do that? You can get a 30-day free trial by using HMT at Chicago. Um, so anyways, well, in the, in the post for this episode, we'll put a link to the YouTube trailer for that Netflix and chills event. Next item, Synapse Films bringing, is bringing Dario Argento's Suspiria to 4K Ultra HD in November, on November 19th, 2019. That'll be cool. It'll be a full restoration, 4K restoration of the uncut, uncensored Italian 35 millimeter negative. With color correction supervised by cinematographer Luciano Tavoli. Luciano. And uh, it's a a great... I don't think I've actually watched the original yet, but we reviewed the the remake, which is apparently nothing like the original. I've seen bits and pieces of the original, and it is uh, effective. There's a reason it's good. Yeah. Special features will include two audio commentaries by... Authors and Argento scholars Derek Botello and David Del Valla, Troy Howarth, whatever. A um, bunch of other special features. One, two, three, four, five, six. Like, you know, six notable special features. You can check it out. We'll put a, the list on the post for this episode. Uh, John Carpenter's Halloween is returning to select theaters beginning September 27th. Yeah, this will be this will be huge. Yeah, it's a restored and remastered digital prints, and it was created under the supervision of world-renowned cinematographer Dean Cundey. 
Um, so that'll be interesting. Actually, I checked the the schedule, and it's going to be at Kiggins Theater. Oh, shit! Which is interesting, because last year we went to Kiggins Theater to watch the original Halloween, but it was put up put on by just a local podcast here. Yeah. Um, a smogcast, if you will. A, uh, it's the, what's the podcast called? The Horror the Isle. The Horror Isle. Yeah. Um, you can check them out. Um, if you're interested in that, get tickets at www.cinelifeentertainment.com slash event slash Halloween. Uh, another news item, Brendan Fraser is all in for a new mummy movie should the opportunity present itself. <laughs> Shocking. Holly- hey, Hollywood hey collectively replies, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, uh, just if anything's going on over there, like anything at all, I'm really, I'm just really excited about whatever it is you're excited about. Yeah. And it seems like the most likely thing of that is the mummy. So it's like if Christopher Lloyd said, Hey guys, I'm all for doing another Back to the Future sequel if you, if you need me. Like, yeah, we know. Like, obviously. <laughs> we know that you're not doing anything. You would make a great that. Right. We're not doing that right now. Or it's like the, the build of the, the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure sequel that's coming up. The, the not, Keanu Reeves guy. It's probably like, <laughs> oh, thank God, thank uh, God. Anyways, I thought that was an interesting. But <laughs> headline. I, I, I don't understand what Brendan Fraser did to fall out of. I think he was well. Uh, he got he got fatter and uglier, lost his hair. But George of the Jungle, though. Yeah. Well, I was never a huge Brendan Fraser fan, to be honest. Like, I, I, I didn't mind him. He he hit he hit all the expected marks for. What about Monkey Bone, Bryce? Monkey Bone. It's just always like <laughs> I could always expect kind of, kind of not that funny, but goofy, but passable. I got a fun. Like that's 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 where he's at. I got a mind. fun recollection of high school where I was like trying to be a human being for a moment. You know, where I was like, I don't know how to be like you people so uh-huh. let me so i got one of those three ring binders that had like a clear sleeve for the you know to 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 put whatever it was and i was like oh kids are like displaying artistic things on their binders so i was like <laughs> so you just printed out a giant picture of brendan fraser <laughs> <laughs> it's alarming how close you are so i i i had a subscription to playstation magazine uh, and in it was a, an ad for a wacky looking movie that I had never seen or really heard of, but it was called Monkey Bone. And it had like weird little suggestive themes and, and kind of fun little. So I took an exacto knife and cut out all the little, little portions of this, including Brendan Fraser and the, and the wording Monkey Bone at the top and displayed them mm. at, mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. like a shadow box in, uh-huh. at the front of my three ring br- binder and then kids just called and this was like sophomore year and then i was monkey bone <laughs> wow I was how like, much did you regret that after watching the film i was i was bought in i was like this is how i do it right and they're like yeah look at you stupid notebook and i was like okay i'm doing it i think i'm fitting in. <laughs> so you go <laughs> i really was like i got my niche now I, i'm monkey bone. i'm monkey bone like that's I didn't even like. I knew it wasn't quite like matching up with how like yeah. art being artistic worked. Right. But I, it was it was the best I had. Like <laughs> right. Nice. And now you have a fair to midland podcast. <laughs> so showed all them fuckers. <laughs> Who's Monkey Bone now, idiot? <laughs> um, speaking of Shutter, uh, we weren't speaking of Shutter. 
but we've mentioned them. So Shutter released a trailer for an original film called Blood Machines. <laughs> the trailer looks actually really interesting. It's kind of like it's a cosmic horror movie that looks a lot along the style of um, Mandy. Just lots of color, but kind of cosmic horror elements. We'll link the, the trailer on the post. Uh, it's a crowdfunded English-language French production that follows two space hunters who witness a mystical phenomenon when they see the ghost of a young woman crawl out of a machine they destroyed. Dude, that sounds like right up my alley. In the weird, like the, I love the cosmic horror. Like, yeah. That's my favorite. Uh, no, re- no release date as of yet, but go check out the trailer. It's pretty interesting. We'll have it on the post yeah. for this, uh, this episode at horrormovietalk.com. Andy Muschietti details two deleted scenes that would be part of a potential supercut of both It movies. So I think we mentioned this on the last episode that that Andy Muschietti has said that he's interested in doing a supercut where he combines both It films into one gigantic, like, six-and-a-half-hour-long movie. He talks about two scenes. There's a scene in the 1600s. They decided not to put in to the film because it was a little confusing, would touch more on the origin story of Pennywise. Um, he also talked about a deleted scene where the celestial turtle ner- known as Maturin, an ancient figure who appears in, in King's It novel, as well as the Dark Tower. So, good cuts. You know, it's Probably interesting. Good. Actually, the, the Pennywise origin stuff might might have been interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting when you have like a two hour and 45 minute movie, uh, like what, what is cut? <laughs> like at what, at some point you're like, was there anything that you? hit the cutting room floor <laughs> other than his feet? <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it's interesting to it, uh, chapter two is getting a lot of flack right now for not being, uh, LGBT, uh, friendly. <laughs> The Pennywise yeah, character Pennywise was very homophobic. Is not as it turns out he's a bad guy. Yeah. He's not he's not acceptable. He's fired. I, mean, I can get on board with the eating children part, but I draw the line at homophobia. Why would you want him to be inclusive of any part of you? Why would you want him to be on your side? Anyways, a um, couple more things. Amanda Seyfried is in talks to star Netflix's horror thriller Things Heard and Seen, uh, which is a movie that's going to be directed by Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini, who were directed, who were nominated for an Oscar for American Splendor. Did you ever see that movie? I Had never did. Paul Giamatti as the famous comic book writer. I can't remember his name. Do you have a good? Do you have a good impression of him? Of Paul Giamatti? Yeah. No? Okay. Why? I just can't stop thinking of... Uh, I can't remember who it is that does all the Paul Giamatti uh, impressions. I think it's on the Adam Carolla show. Oh. But uh, <laughs> where he's just he's just unhinged. He's like... <laughs> like <laughs> the guy from Private Parts, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, pig, pig vomit. Pig vomit. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's that was a really good movie. So this might be like a pretty good movie. The story, jeez, <laughs> the story of things heard and seen centers on a young couple who move to a farm near a small town in upstate New York. Their new home is cursed by the murder of its former owners, and as haunted secrets reveal themselves, the husband and wife's own marriage reveals itself to have a darkness of its own. Stop it. Um. Okay. Uh, a couple. 
just two more things. And we're, then we're going to go. Tony Colette, our favorite from Hereditary, joins the cast of Guillermo del Toro. Is it Gil, Guillermo? Guillermo? This Am is I saying, saying it right? This I is the like... most difficult read you've <coughs> ever done. Tony Colette, our favorite from Hereditary, Guillermo del Toro. Is it's it only Couture? hard because because Bryce Hansen is reading it. <laughs> He's a mealy mouth piece of shit uh guillermo del toro's nightmare alley it's oh. the next movie being directed by guillermo del toro and it's an adaptation of the novel by william Lindsay gresham which was published in 1946 the novel spawned its first feature film just one year later starring tyrone powers and blah 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 blah, blah. who cares um tyrone is like the strongest name you could give a child <laughs> i know well other than murdoch Murdoch is fucking strong too. My my uh, youngest middle name is Murdoch, only because I couldn't convince Aaron to to give it as his first name. But if there was any kid that was named Murdoch, would it not be Colin? Oh, it totally would be. Colin is such a fucking Murdoch. Yeah, we're over at your Colin Murdoch. We were over at David's daughter's birthday, Mm -hmm. her third birthday last week. Last week, and. Your sister-in-law looked at Colin and was like, how old is he? And I was like, oh, yeah, this month he's going to turn two. And she's like, God, he's, he's not two yet? Because he was standing next to Charlotte. He's bigger than my three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. just... And my three-year-old is not small. Like, she dwarfs a lot of these wafy kids. Yeah. Like, they're... Like, she's... She's... I mean, she's not thick or anything like that, but she, she's a she's not a small girl. Yeah. If you were to, like, take a... Th- a normal sized three year old and like have them put their arms down to their side. If you were to like draw a rectangle around their shoulders <laughs> and the arms at their side, widen it by about like an inch, yeah. that would be just Colin's chest. The absolute unit. <laughs> yeah. Um he's he's wide. So that that nightmare alley, notable uh also in the cast is Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, and Rooney Mara. Damn. Sounds like a really good cast. Yeah, that's going to be huge. So that could be good. Of course, like, I don't know, Bird Box and and The Perfection had a really good cast, too, but they're like, meh. Dude, what are you talking about? Bird Box and is, he was huge. Do you remember the, like, the, the head of steam on that yeah. thing? Well, I mean, I guess I like both of those films. I like Bird Box a lot. It is a phenom. Yeah. Uh, okay, so sadly... Final, final <laughs> oh, note. This, the nail is, in the coffin finally dropping, huh? Movie Pass shuts down with its parent company citing failure to raise funds. On Friday, Movie Pass notified remaining subscribers. Oh, you bless your heart for still subscribing to Movie Pass. I'm sure they're very, very shocked at this, but they're going to shut down services effective September 14th. So it already happened as of this podcast's release. Um, its efforts to recapitalize MoviePass have not been successful to date. Um, and even even with MoviePass, this is of evident demise. I read the press release. It was actually like kind of bittersweet. I kind of felt bad for them because they, they mentioned that they really did change the movie industry. They, yeah, they, yeah. they in effect, accomplished their purpose. One year ago, this time one year ago, we were, we were subscribed to it. Yeah, it was great for like a week. And then like they, the shit hit the fan in terms of capitalization and they just could not Couldn't provide recover. services. 
Um, I think it was just kind of off and on for like actually <laughs> providing the service that they promised. Yeah. Um, but even with movie passes evident demise, the service has spurred theater chains, including AMC, Regal, and Cinemark to launch their own rival subscription plans. And uh, last month, AMC said it's Stubbs A-list program, which lets subscribers see three movies weekly. For twenty bucks a month, had hit nine hundred thousand subscribers. See, I, here's my here's here's my angle. I'm going to try and get AMC on board to to sponsor us, mm, to sponsor mm, them, mm, to 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 sponsor mm, that their service mm. because because let me tell you, Bryce, AMC already sponsors this show. They're, they own Shutter. That's true. So. Let's, let's, it's we gotta set happen. up some sort of if hashtag we, walrus yes or horror movie talk yes for AMC. HMT sponsorship yes. Yeah. We, we it would be so sweet to, uh, to get some sort of deal going yeah, on. Yeah. Let's do, let's start the hashtag AMC, hashtag AMC sponsorship for HMT now yes. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, we'll think about it, and we'll get back to you with something that might actually work. Or if, catch if you work for AMC corporate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just drop them a line. And tell us to contact us at whatever. Um, so <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's our show for today. No, it is not. I would like to say thank you to a few people. Uh, Janie Borland, who gave us a stellar review on Facebook, who's like, these guys brighten my, brighten my drive every time I'm going to work. I'm like, hey, Janie, thank you. Yeah, it was really nice. We really appreciate you and listening to us and the nice words that you said about us. And also, her birthday was Friday the 13th. <gasps> Wow, dude, I wonder if she's still with us. Do you I think? wish we had planned still with us. Yeah, I mean, your birthday on Friday the 13th. Are you going to make it out of that? I really wished we had planned for Friday the 13th and released like a Nightmare on Elm Street episode. You you mean a Friday the 13th episode? No, I would do why would we do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um <laughs> That's a good point. Also, I'd like to say thank you to uh, Stephen Michael for for basically just just interacting with us basically constantly on Facebook. I love it, and uh, and he, he really latched onto the Scorpion King uh, <laughs> ad that we ran last week on the It Chapter Two. So thank you guys. If and and if I'm missing your name, you know what? I, I'd like to give a shout out to somebody I think about frequently whenever I burp on the show. Dana, Dana. Thank th- if you're still listening, thank you. I love you, and I think of you every time I burp, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks especially to all our patrons on Patreon. We hope you enjoy our exclusive content. Um, if you want to become a patron and unlock exclusive patron content, you can get access to our afterpods as well as our one-off episodes, such as our review of the It miniseries from 1990. Again, um, be like Janie. Review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone. Um, Give us a a rating. You don't even have to leave a review. Just a rating. Be nice. I mean, if you want to be nice about it, you know, five five stars. I mean, I'm not going to ask for it, but if if you're a nice person, you'd give us a five star. Um, As well, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. It's the only way we grow. And go to our website at horrormovietalk.com. You'll find links to all our social media and 
and uh, share links and subscribe buttons and all the doodads and doodahs. Um, don't forget to click through that Amazon Associates button in the banner if you're going to buy anything on Amazon. Uh, that's also, all I got. Big shout out to all our international fans. You know who you are. The 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 standout is obviously Magnus out yeah. there in Sweden. Magnus the Manus. We got a lot of people listening in the UK. Got a lot of people listening in uh, Australia. Even South America, we've gotten a, a couple people reach out. To yeah. Us. Good day, mate. Put another shrimp on the, the Barbie. The country of South America. Mm, the the whole the country of South. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Have a great week. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.